drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown to Cornelius, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Cornelius. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back in the house on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast here on a Wednesday for another Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, really excited to come to you guys today. And, of course, on the other end of the line, I mean, the, the legend, the the absolute uh, stalwart of this podcast, Grifka, in the house. What's going on, buddy? Oh, man, it's just a... Uh... Another day, another dollar, man. You know how it is. You got a dollar today? How? It happens, man. I was uh, walking into work, and one was in the parking lot. So, want to oh, thank my, uh, I want to thank my people for leaving my uh, Christmas bonus out in the parking lot. <laughs> Your people? You got you? I mean, we got the people here on the show, but you got other people? I don't know. I'm figuring somebody probably <laughs> dropped it. You know, probably trying to get their Starbucks and their purse or their purse or their wallet and their paperwork and. <laughs> I thought you went couch cushions or something, maybe, and found, found a book. <laughs> no, I'd be like loose change. I'd be like, I have enough to jingle, not enough to fold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Grifka, uh, let's jump right into Lions stuff. So what I want to do off the top here is uh, I, I'm i not fully going to speak for you, but like, I, like I've said many times on this show, I'm really not a uh, social media guy by any means. I, I don't think I've been on Facebook and I don't know how long. I, I don't do Instagram. I'm not uh, on many of these platforms. But when we got this show going, we, uh, you know, I, I drummed up to Twitter because I want to be able to let people know we're out there and try to, you know, after it got rolling a bit, I was like, man, I can actually just talk sports with these people that I'll probably never meet. This is fun. So I really had fun on Twitter. And like I said, uh, there's a few people that will go negative or kind of say little things here or there, but for 98%, 95% has been tremendous, really fun. So I don't know if people have checked it out, but I'm at Derek Oakry on Twitter and we like all day, I'll just sort of have it up in different ways, work in doing other things and be able to, you know, give a draft nugget here or there, be able to answer questions, sort of talk back and forth with other Lions fans has been tremendous. I know today we had some Caruso's going, which was fun. Those are always uh, good for a laugh. And uh, I just really enjoyed it. So I just want to thank all the people out there that have uh, interacted with me on Twitter, as well as uh, have, have given me a follow and kind of followed the show. You know, I think that's been a good way we've been able to get out there. So um, before I toss it to you, Grifka, with that being said, we uh, have a, some fan questions that came in today. I just sort of threw it out there, and some of our uh, loyal listeners got back to me, and, and I said, man, we're going to answer that on the show and shout you out. So I just thought I'd say that. Have you had any uh, good interactions or any ways you've enjoyed sort of either social media or just the show in general, Grifka, because all the awesome Lions fans out there? 
Yeah, generally, uh, like you said, not on Facebook as much. I will, you know, uh, mention something about the Lions on Facebook and my friends, you know, they'll come back, you know, some feel the way, you know, I do about stuff. Some are uh, on the way, even more way positive than you, Derek. Can you believe that? But, um, you know, on Facebook, but you know, like you like you said, on Twitter, though, at, uh, at DKC, you know, every once in a while I'll throw something out there. But I really like when somebody else puts something out there. And, and you, like you said, you can just have a discussion, a conversation, a little bit of back and forth. And, and like you said, probably never meet these people. And, you know, they can either take it, you know, that I don't know what I'm talking about. Or I can think, well, they don't know what they're talking about. But I like it. What I like the most about it, because people tend to you know be tough online you know what i'm saying but i've never been in one of those discussions where somebody's just like you're an idiot or you're stupid and that's like that's what they drop it at you know we can have a, a nice debate and there's no name calling it doesn't get something it doesn't get something like that so that's what i really like about it you can find those people like that that are able to do that and you know so that's what i like about it that's like the opposite of all social media. Everyone says it's such a cesspool and all this is people are trying to pick fights and, and be tough. But you're you're saying it's it's somewhat the opposite for you. It's been tremendous for me. I, I don't get in any of those except for uh, you mentioned name calling, Grifker, people coming after you. Uh, I think you said something. It was uh, again, I, I told you, I think about a month or two ago. Hey, Grifka, can we get some some more positive or at least some decently balanced tweets from you when you do come out of your Twitter cave and say something? And you're like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to work on that. And you did like one, I think. And now every time I see you tweet something, it's something uh, – Something with the thumb down or something with the uh, negative Grifka twist, which I'm trying to help you with. So you said something this week. I dumped all over you. Do, you, do we want to discuss this or or what? I was just having some fun, but I, I, I've been known to get after you when you say something crazy on, on Twitter as I do on the show. Um, I don't know if people want to listen to us debate our Twitter battle. I guess they can follow us on Twitter. Follow me at, at GrifkaDKC. You might be able to find it. You can hit up Oker. You can see our debate. <laughs> Yeah, you can get at me at Derek Oakery again. The spelling is D E R E K. The only way to spell Derek and then O K R I E. And yeah, me and Grifko, it's an extension of the show. If Grifko says something dumb on the podcast, I yell at him. If he says it on Twitter, I yell at him. And he does the same bad arguments on Twitter as he does here on the show. So uh, <laughs> it's comical that way. It kind of again extends the. Uh, the podcast in that way. Grifco, let's stop messing around. We got fans, man, that sent in some questions. I want to throw these at you. I had a chance to sort of read them. I got some some bullet points, some answers here that I want to give the people. Are you ready to do this? Yeah, uh, let's hear from our loyal listeners. Um, I'm sure they have some great questions for us that we thought we can break down, uh, break down for them. I'm, I'm interested in this. Absolutely. Well, real quick, before you get to that, like, can, can you – thank the people sort of you did that whole diatribe I, you gotta thank thank the folks that listen a little bit harder Griff. i mean show a little love to, to everybody out there would you yeah. well for, first i want to give my love to god he's the one that put me in this position i want, I want to thank him yeah. first and my family but i really want to thank the listeners um i appreciate you guys you know tuning in listening to us coming to us on twitter you know we all make some valid points we're all lions fans you know uh, some more sunny than other ones but still I really appreciate you guys. I know Derek really appreciates you guys. So thank you. There we go. Absolutely. I got to pull that out of you, Grifka. But offline, people, Grifka always tells me how much fun he has with the show. It's been fun seeing people listen, seeing people says, say his catchphrases. Uh, we really are not only Lions fans, but we've really grown in this whole podcast game. And just I, love, I love all the bells I get on Twitter. 
Sorry to cut you, but I love all the bells on Twitter. That is, that's awesome. Especially the one, I can't remember who did it, but they put the little meme out there of Daffy Duck hitting a little bell, like, at a, at a counter. Oh, oh, that made me laugh that's, so hard. That's that guy, Arthur, man. He was getting oh. after you when I had to jump on you, and then he belled you, which I thought was tremendous. Thank you, Arthur. That was sweet. It really did. You know, Daffy Duck sitting there just ringing a bell. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. So, yes, much love. Uh-huh. All right, so we're getting to questions. Hey, Griff, hit, hit like, too, on some more of these great takes I have on Twitter, these good things people say. You only like your own stuff, or every once in a while you retweet the show. Yeah, you got to show the people some uh, appreciation out there, especially your, your great co-host here. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I, I put it out. Again, we're not social media experts by any means, but we try to put the show out You know, the morning it drops on the podcast as well as you'll hear me with takes, like I said, but also, Hey, about to go on the pod. We'd love some questions. So I did that kind of late in the game today. got some questions. Griffka, this first one is from DJ. He says, any key prospects, Patricia and staff focus on since they're coaching in the senior bowl. Any, uh, any thoughts? I mean, I know you've, you've done a lot of lazy boy scouting or, or just lazy scouting as I like to call it. Um, any, any thoughts on the senior bowl yet? Or is that just so far off your radar with all the functions you got? Well, I have been doing a lot right now, but at, at this point with how many spots, I guess, need to be filled with this team, I know we often talk, it's like, oh, they're close, but I would kind of be looking at everybody right now. I think they would, uh, I, I think it really helps them that they are coaching. I know some people out there, I was reading some people's stuff, they thought it was just kind of pointless and no big deal, but, you know, being able to see these guys up close, I know that worked a while ago, a long time ago for Ziggy, and, um, but, uh, yeah, I think them just looking at everybody, I just want to be focused on one player, one position at this point. Did you really just hit the, hit the people with everybody, Griff, because your answer? <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, so, DJ, I got a couple names for you. When, I, when I'm looking at the Senior Bowl list, as well as just players I think might catch Patricia's eye, um, you, you got Ken Law there, the guy that I talked about on my draft show, kind of saying that this guy, I mean, I don't know that he's going to reach the Derrick Brown status because I, I like Derrick Brown a ton. But Ken Law, size, defensive tackle, penetrator, he's got some game. Uh, to me, Anthony Jennings, again, he's from Alabama, so – you know, there's some interesting, you know, things to look at there. He's sort of like that off-ball linebacker, but also maybe with some size and rushability. Uh, I think he may catch his eye. Uh, a certain guy that Grifka I know has watched, uh, you know, uh, because they play a lot here in the state. Uche, uh, you know, is the guy who will be there. Who uh, do you want to? Do you want to do the song, Grifka, for the people or no? I <laughs> don't. <laughs> I don't know what song you're talking about. <laughs> only song that kind of has the word Uche in it that you know for a little Jay-Z jam from back in the day. I still, I, it slips my mind. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to work Grifka singing into the show. We can't do it. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Ohio State product, I, I feel like Lewis, another kind of, is he an is he off-ball linebacker? Is he an edge guy? You know, he might be there. And then this Anai kid, like I've been reading up on him and, and some people love his size, speed, and ability. I think he's like 6'4", 6'5", 260 pounds, edge rusher. But there's some people that just hate this guy from a, you know, Ben perspective or just what he brings to the table, effort, all types of things. So I still got lots of homework to do on a lot of these guys, but I wrote him down. 
um, Anai is a name that you need to know throughout this process and kind of see if that's a guy you like. You know, can you get him in the in the um, down the draft board a bit, and would he fit kind of what the Lions do? So there's a couple names for you, DJ, from me. And then Grifka said, uh, just keep your eye on everybody. Um, <laughs> next question is from Lane. Lane says, uh, if Burrow were to fall to three, do you consider taking him, or is the King ransom uh, the King's ransom potentially offered? you know, too much to pass on and be worth it to, even if Burrow is there to trade out and go in a different direction. Grifka, I think, you know, I know your answer, but go ahead. Oh, you trade out. If uh, somebody's giving you a King's ransom because Joe Burrow fell to three, you trade out of, out of that spot. I mean, I think that's what you're going to answer as well. But uh, yeah, if it's too good to be true or something like that, you know, it's like you're dropping your jaw over it. Yeah. Do the deal. Grifka, what's your thoughts on Joe Burrow in general? Give me your Grifka scouting report. I, I think he's going to be a good pro. I know a lot of people are like, like yeah, uh, he's he's only got one, he's only got one year starter, and that and one year starting in college generally doesn't translate, or takes him a little longer to, you know, become a decent quarterback, you know, Tannehill, but. Uh, <laughs> I think the, just by the what the offense that LSU runs, it's not that a lot of that read option and um, uh, their wide receivers tend to have a little deeper route tree. It's not as extensive as a pro route tree generally, but uh, that's I, I think I think he'll translate a lot better to the pros than say Tua. So, but that's me. Oh my gosh, Grifka throwing shade at Tua on, on the sly, and then I, I think it was a long diatribe way of Grifka saying, uh, he's good. It's like, duh. <laughs> oh. Wait, I'm telling you, man, when, when you see my, when you get my Mel Kuyper back draft analysis paper, it's just going to say, Joe Burrow, good. That's all you need. Right there. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I can't wait till we get into the sucks category. I'm sure that'll be much more filled up in the good category if we're talking your draft book. But, uh, you know, Lane, this is simple for me. Uh, You know, like Grifka hinted on, I mean, even if Burrow is there, uh, you do have to trade out uh, if and when other people come a calling. Uh, I put out on Twitter last night again, uh, hit me up with a follow. I said, you know, it wasn't a super hot take, but. I'm like really sold on this kid from a moxie perspective and just, he can make all the throws. He can also run it when he needs to seems to have great pocket presence. Like Joe Burrow to me is, is real special. I think he'll come in the league, probably start from day one. And then if, you know, I'm assuming he goes to Cincy and if he does, if Cincy can get their, you know what together, I, I feel like they could be rolling. So I'm like super high on Joe Burrow overall as a prospect and he's not going to make it to three, but if he did, I mean, I'm trading out basically for anybody and everybody. Let's put it that way. Grifka, next question. Gloria's daughter, a tremendous uh, listener of the show and and always has good Lions takes. Uh, This is a tough one. She writes, linebacker coach ideas, you know, with the new DC in there. uh, Who makes the most sense to coach the linebackers? Do you have any names uh, off top of your head or any type of coach you're looking for at linebacker if you don't have a name? Because you probably don't. You're right. I, I do not have one right off the top of my head. Um, I generally don't uh, look in at the position coaches. It's uh, I, I don't. I know you probably do, Derek, but I don't. Or, but it's obviously going to be or, or the free yeah. agents. Or the... Yeah, <laughs> yep. So uh, it's going to be somebody who obviously fits what they want to do with the scheme. 
and that's going to be I don't know maybe a linebacker that can actually you know teach Jared Davis to tackle that would be that would be nice or maybe cover somebody you know that that'd be nice as well or maybe Christian Jones you know maybe get him to cover somebody or you know not play so stiff I mean so yeah somebody like that that would work really really well for the Lions <laughs> oh man like I say I think Gloria's daughter stumped us both on this one because like you said I I I didn't have too many of those secondary type names, but I just wrote down here. Like, I think, you know, I, people were going to say, well, this never happened, but like, you know, there's all that talk about Mayo being a defensive coordinator. He's kind of over there in new England, sort of like coaching linebackers, coaching assistant coach, whatever he is. You know, I just wrote his name down because he was a great linebacker in the NFL. He was a great guy, too. I remember, like, the Lions, you know, were real interested in drafting him. I always liked him, not only in the draft process, but when he played. And, you know, maybe if him and Patricia had a really good relationship, maybe he would say, hey, long term, maybe there's more opportunity. Show what I can do in Detroit than there is in New England where you move up one peg at a time. So, you know, I don't see it happening, but I feel like if there's a way they could get Mayo here as a, a linebacker slash front, you know, front seven type coach, and then have um, Unling, I believe is how you pronounce it, kind of dealing with the, the secondary because that's his specialty. That might be kind of a neat combo to put together. I know Eric Schlitt on one of his podcasts was saying he was hoping maybe for a Mayo and uh, Richard combo. And uh, and then they went and got their DC, so that's not going to happen. But um, you know that that was the name I threw out there. So let's keep it moving, Griffin. Next question. Uh, this comes from Gandalf, the Honolulu Blue. Uh, he he said, "What is the most important thing that needs to happen for the Lions to make the playoffs next season? Playoffs. The most important thing would, gosh." Don't don't say everything, Grifka, please. No, I I just don't want to do the general term like improve defense. Well, I mean, get the soundbite. Well, duh. I mean, the defense has to improve. But but for that to happen, I think the biggest thing is going to have to be like an improved pass rush. Um, the Lions can't allow quarterbacks to sit back there and just you know go through their prog- progressions twice before you know making a pass. You know you know. You know, not, you know, get the quarterback down to the ground. You know, that's the, I think that's got to be the biggest thing. Don't make those defensive backs, you know, have to cover for such a long time, especially if, you know, a tight end's out there and Jared Davis is covering because heaven knows he'll just leave the tight end standing there, you know, to go tackle the quarterback and then the tight end will catch the ball for a first down. So, All right. Hey, Griffin, before I get my answer, because we like to have fun on the show, I, I said a couple of shows ago, I need you to do live sound bits, and you kind of just did one, but you also didn't give me time to get you give the Griffka duh soundbite. So why 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 don't we give the people like a at least two back to back like the the soundbite versus Griffka live? Can we do that? Sure. You want the soundbite first or the Griffka live first? I'll go soundbite. You give it live. I'll go soundbite and then give it live. Okay. Here we go, everybody. This is sweeping the country. This is the Griffka. Duh. It's like, duh. <laughs> it's like, duh. It's like, duh. It's like, duh. 
<laughs> oh man, that was gold. Oh my goodness. Like I don't I don't know what I like better, the live or the or the audio, but they're both great. So it's thank kind of you. like being in a wax museum with the real person standing next to the wax museum. It's like which one's a real one? Duh. Is it <laughs> oh, live or is it memorex? Yeah. Do you remember that commercial? Wait, do you remember that commercial? The memorex commercial? For the cassette no. tape? Is it live? Or is it Memorex? <laughs> no, I don't. But I did see a, a remake of the the really old Folgers commercial recently. It made me laugh. The old Folgers jingle. I hadn't heard that in about two decades. That was funny. <laughs> so, so Gandalf, I was about to move on, but let me give you my take. So what do they need to make the playoffs? Well, first of all, Let's just say right now, the Detroit Lions are going to be much improved in 2020 with a new free agent class and draft. They will make the playoffs, but here's how. So the most important thing they have to do, I mean, it comes down to three things for me. It's pressure the quarterback, you know, from the edges as well as the inside. It's, you know, find another cornerback. I feel like we've always skimped on cornerbacks. It's time to go get one in free agency or the draft, you know. I'm still debating on on where I would take a CUDA. You know, I'd much rather find a a free agent that knows what he's doing and can put up the display and really have some swag and go make plays, either Chris Harris or one of the guys of his caliber that has a few years left rather than draft a rookie who's going to have to figure it out. Because, you know, Grifka, cornerback's one of those tough, toughest positions out there, just like tight end, quarterback, everything else they would make an excuse for. Um and then overall, just better coverage. Like my guy, everybody knows on this show, it, it, on the offense side of the ball for a while has been Kenny. But on the defense side of the ball, ever since I learned about him and saw his go-go gadget arms, is T-Walk, Tracy Walker, especially since he put on the 21. And I was I was very disappointed for probably the last eight to nine games in his overall coverage. So yeah, he'd make a few plays, but much more so was he getting burnt along with my other guy, Will Harris. So you know, better coverage from those guys, a better corner, even better play from Slay with that pass rush. Oh, baby. I don't have the sound, but I don't think. But there, there's my live live bit for the day. So uh, that's what they need to get to the playoffs, and they will get to the playoffs in 2020. You heard it here first. The next uh, tweet, Grifka. I don't, I don't know if you've heard of this guy. His name is Frank Ribble. Yes, Frank. Way to show up, buddy. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Frank Ribble, I knew Frank, I I knew Frank would be you, jumping in there. I didn't mean to give you the Rod Allen wooey. I meant to give you this, Frank. Wow! 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 <laughs> the Frank Ribble live quad wow uh, on his own question. I, I, I don't know if it's worth a quad wow, but let's see. It says, would Patricia be interested in a pass rush specialist? I am thinking of a bendy speed rusher that might be available on day three. So Frank wants a pass rusher that is bendy and he wants him in the fifth, sixth or seventh round. Come on, Frank. And then he says, Shaq Barrett is my dream free agent signing. I know you can at least speak to Shaq Barrett, Rivka. Maybe. Yeah. I I don't know if I think Shaq Barrett for the type of year he had, he might be commanding a little too much money just to kind of be like one of those pass rush specialist guys. You know, to come in only on third down. Um, to find one in the draft that late, a bendy one. Ah, oh, jeez. I, I, if you're like that bendy, I don't think you're waiting to the third day. That guy might be somebody who is, uh, you know, like, like you said, that diamond in the rough type player. So I think if you're going to be getting a guy like that and 
if he if Patricia was to take one like that, I think it would be somebody who's kind of like one of those veterans, you know, maybe trying to get the last ounce of football out of him. You know, kind of the Lions have tried that. It seems like you know at points, and it just doesn't seem to like work out. Either they break down or they don't produce like lines, you know, what they thought they would. But if he was going to do it, I think that's what he would do. He would try to get like one of those established veterans, you know, one or two years left and just using him as the pass rush specialist, kind of like a la Dwight Freeney or something like that. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying Dwight Freeney still rumble when the Lions did that. So that's what I believe. Grifka, that's a bell for Dwight Freeney. And whenever you talk about rushers, you know who you have to, you know, say for the people. Well, I don't think, um, uh, I don't think like Reggie White, you know, is gonna, you know, be, you know, come back. You know, no offense, rest in peace. Uh, you know, and I, I don't think Lawrence Taylor. I think his knees aren't, can't, you know, holding up. So I don't think they'll get either one of those guys. I'm not saying they're gonna play. I just said you got to mention them. You got to go to your gimmick. <laughs> so, Frank, man, uh, you know, apologies first off because they don't have rounds four through seven all figured out here in the draft process. Uh, you want a late day three edge rusher, but. A couple names I, I looked at that may fit that bill. They may go mid-rounds or even higher. Who knows? Alton Robinson, Daryl Taylor, and Josh Uche. Those are three guys that, um, you know, have, have kind of that speed outside linebacker type build, you know, have, have, have some name cachet from some different schools, Syracuse, Tennessee, and Michigan. Uh, you know, maybe that fit the bill. Uh, as far as Shaq Barrett goes, I'm not a fan. Like, I just – I know he's got a good story and, and blew up kind of this year in Tampa Bay. But when I'm looking for like a big time edge guy, like I'm not really looking to go out and pay top dollar, um, especially, you know, now that we have Trey Flowers, if we did not have Trey Flowers, you know, maybe I would be willing to open the checkbook. I'm much more so looking for draft or that middle of the road guy that's young that really has some upside to sort of you know, pair up maybe with Aquara, maybe even uh, the Aquara boys over there on the edge, depending on where you can get the other Aquara in the draft might be interesting. So we, we got more of these, Griff. I got to put this in the hyperspeed here. Uh, Brian Ives asks, what are your thoughts on trading up for Chase? Oh, that's a great one for you. And, and what are some realistic trade down type scenarios or just give them a couple teams that you might think the Lions could trade out of number three, four, and would you trade up for the phenomenal, the the generational talent, as I called him recently, um, a guy that I'm all in on, Chase Young? Would I trade up for Chase Young? I think the uh, I think the uh, asking price may be a little steep just to uh, <laughs> go up, uh, you know, was it uh, one spot, you know, pretty much to, to get him. Because once again, it's going to be one of those things where Washington has a lot of holes to fill as well. So they might, uh, you know, be asking for a larger King's ransom as well. You know, so I, I, I wouldn't trade up just one spot just for, uh, just for Chase Young. But that's just me. Now, um, you know, trading down, depending on, you know, what you're looking to do, where you're looking, you know, what else you can, you know, get from somebody. Um, who is the popular team that has that? Was it, does it, uh, I'm trying to think. Somebody has two first-round picks this year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Lots of people, man. Uh, Miami's got three of them. The yeah, that's Raiders what I was thinking. I was thinking two. Miami. That's Miami. Miami. That was one. Sorry. I would look to maybe like do a deal with with Miami. You know, I don't. I'm not saying maybe like they're number five or something like that, but like um, their 18 would be a pretty decent one in the 26. I don't know if Miami would give up both of those or something like that. But um, 
trade down to do that. There's a good talent at the back half of the first round. You'd be able to do that, you know, get something there. Maybe like, um, I don't know, like a, a wide receiver, you know, later in the, in the first round. I know there's a few of them, you know, at that point that, that you'd be able to snag. Um, I don't know if, like, obviously. Receiver in the first round is, is what you're trading down for, Grifka? Depending on who's there, yeah. Oh, Lots of other needs, man, more so than a wide out, especially yeah. – anyway, uh, can, can I jump in here? We, we, yeah, we go got something to get to. Brian Eyes, I yelled at you on Twitter. Go listen to the Believe in Lion show where I talk for 30 to 45 minutes about the draft. I laid out 10 possible trade-down opportunities. My favorite, Grifka, because I'm sure you didn't listen, was the Oakland Raiders because you know Josh – John Gruden will do whatever it takes to move up to get his quarterback now that he's been there for a couple of years. I love to take their two first rounders. They can move on up. I, I don't even need much else, to be honest. Let's get that done. And then I'm trading up for Chase Young. Yeah, if he's there too, and I'm only going up one spot. I mean, I think it took, you know, the, the Bears when they did the um, tremendous move to go up and get Trubisky. I think I was looking at it recently. They gave up you know, a couple picks, but I mean, to get a guy like Chase Young, I mean, yeah. And any other time you ask me, Oakry, do you want to trade up? The answer would be absolutely positively not. But for Chase Young, oh, hell yeah. Um, So, you know, entertain it, see what's out there. But trade down is always the opportune task. Grifka, I got a three-parter here from Skip, my favorite Caruso guy on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to throw these at you, short answers. Let Skip know what you got. All right? Okay. Skip wants to know, in 2017, the uh, D-line had a 68.1 PFF grade, 30 out of 32. In 2018, they had an 84.8 overall grade. With the addition of snacks really helped them transform the line. How would you tweak the line to get back to the 2018 status? They would uh, another defensive tackle would help. So if uh, you're looking to get trade up for Chase Young, I mean he's obviously the end, but uh, Brown out of Auburn, you know, would definitely help. Definitely help with that. They would need to scheme a little better. Um, we saw plenty of points last year where they were doing the rush three, drop eight, and um, either the Lions just didn't have the talent, or, you know, the personnel to you know, kind of cause that havoc. But I think to get back to where it was, they might have to change the scheme, put, you know, four men up there, take one of those slow linebackers off the field. All right. Next one says, if the salaries that these players desire are the same, this is Skip talking, of course, that you know my feelings. I would sign Indomicon Sue to a one-year deal instead of Mike Daniels. Skip thinks that Sue uh, makes people around him better. Grifka, do you agree or disagree? At this Hello, point in his Grifka. career, I'm here. I'm thinking about that. I think at this point in his career, I don't know how much he's going to make him better. I don't think he commands the double teams like he used to. Um, but yeah, I would take Sue over Daniels simply that way. So everybody can rip out the old Sue jerseys and wear them to the games. So, uh, they'd be able to do that. Plus I, I still think he has a little bit, you know, a little more left in the tank and Daniel's been hurt a lot the last two years. So. 
All right, so we got one more from Skip, and then I got to cut this short. I'm going to get Leo in here, and then we got to get out. So he Skip writes, um, perhaps this is an unpopular opinion. He, he writes, I think Rashawn Melvin was injured to some degree the whole year. This made it impossible for him to create the great season that he had in Indy where he played man-to-man at an elite. He wrote elite level. The Lions should re-sign him. Your thoughts? Um, no. But, no. That's, no. That's, last year was not an anomaly because uh, he pretty much did the same thing in Oakland. So, that, that's a trend right there, right? especially with cornerbacks in football. So, no. <laughs> Uh, well, there you go, Skip. Those are answers from Grifka. I will uh, great save questions, my- though, Skip. Great, great questions. Appreciate them. Well, Skip, no, I, I don't have the music right now or uh, or live crew, so I can give you. But Skip, appreciate you, man. Always fun to uh, to laugh on Twitter with you. Uh, last one we're gonna do, Grifka from Leo. Leo, classic Seinfeld bit. Um, he, Uncle he Leo. <laughs> what are some prospects that you have an eye on for the Lions? Oh, this is a great one for you, Grifka. Playing in the East-West Shrine game. <laughs> playing in the East-West Shrine game? Sorry, man. I don't. I don't even know who's playing in the East East-West Shrine game. So, you, you can you can field this one. I I I don't watch college all-star football games. I don't you know. It's like, oh, that game's on. Sweet. Okay. You always but, tell me you watch the games, so I, I don't watch. All, I don't watch all star games. I, I I don't watch the college all star games. I don't watch the pro games. I just I just don't watch them. Like you know, I can't remember the last time I watched the Kelly Tiger Blue Gray game. Considering they stopped that one, however many years ago. Wait, do you remember the Kelly Tiger Blue Gray game that was always on Christmas Day? Do you no. remember that one? No. Okay. See. Okay. So, Leo, let me let me help you out here. First of all, appreciate the question. Second of all, I, I'm beating Grifka up, and, and, and you know, appropriately so, I might add, for his prep uh, for these, these draft-type questions. But like I say, the East-West Shrine game, really? Like, the, the beef I have is that, like, okay, they had the Senior Bowl, seniors only, right? I don't know why this next – all-star game with all the underclassmen isn't incredible like all the good players of the underclassmen but none of them ever play so the east west shrine game on paper sounds like it should be incredible and it is a bunch of bum skis a bunch of people that probably won't make the league maybe a player or two here or there i think there was a report you know scouts were saying hey we might get a, a couple second rounders out of this east west shrine game it's like yeah, not much else. So I did some digging for you, man. Uh, I don't have too much in regards to like who might fit the Lions. I I did uh, I did look around, and I guess there's some buzz about this kid, Malcolm Perry. He's the Navy quarterback. He's an option quarterback, but he's down at the East West Shrine game playing wide out. They they say that he, he's a do everything type guy. To me, when I read up on him and looked into him a little bit, it seemed like everybody's trying to find that Taysom Hill guy. So this is a guy that might be able to um, catch it, run it, throw it a little bit, um, move around. They seem like they were kind of interested in him. So there's a name, Mason Kinney, um, out of Barry College. I mean, just a tremendous school there. He he was highly touted for his route running and ball skills, as well as just kind of a guy that's been on the come up those first couple of days. So that's something to kind of look at. And then uh, 
Grifka, I, I thought you might pull this out of your out of your back pocket. John Runyon is down there, Grifka, from Michigan. Uh, he's uh, down there blocking his tail off, as well as Jack Driscoll, a guy that I see in a lot of mock drafts, kind of in that second, third round, other offensive tackle, and a guy that I'm curious where this guy's going to fall. Uh, Shaq Quarterman, man, of Miami. He's a guy that had a lot of buzz a couple years ago, and now he's sort of like people don't like his uh, tackling. They compare him, I don't know, to Jared Davis. And uh, you know me, I'm always willing to sign up another athlete um, that can run and hit and, and do some things. So we'll see how he tests out and how he does. But uh, Shaq Quarterman is, is down at the East-West, I believe, as well, and somebody to keep an eye on. So, Leo, that's all I got for you, man. I don't have – any more in-depth, but I did give you about six guys and Grifka. Well, you know, we are done with the mailbag. That's the, that's the Kool-Aid mailbag for the day. Grifka. I want to take a quick pause, come back. And I want your just quick takes, quick takes Grifka. Not, 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 uh, I don't need a history lesson, but we're going to talk about the new special teams coordinator. Cause I know you love special teams and the new defensive coordinator for the Detroit lions right after this break. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Detroit Kool-Aid, we're back in the house. Uh... Thank you again for listening to our sponsors. Uh, I know there's been some people that have actually went and started their own podcast on Anchor. I think that's tremendous. And uh, we really appreciate you guys um, supporting those sponsors. That really helps us out. Grifka, the Detroit Lions signed a 33-year-old special teams coordinator, Braden Combs. Uh, The people are waiting on the edge of their seat for your in-depth analysis of, of Combs and everything he brings to the table. Go ahead, sir. Well, everybody knows special teams is a uh, third of the game. It's a very important part. So um, Cincinnati actually had a pretty decent special teams, you know, rating this year. Sorry, didn't watch a whole lot of Bengals games this year, but, you know, just reading up on him, they did have a, they did have a pretty decent, um, you know, special teams rating, especially with um, kickoff coverage and punt coverage. So I know the Lions had a lot of uh, penalties this year. Ho- hopefully can do something with the, uh, like, we always talked about the punt return and the kick return. We always seem to have a block in the back or a holding. So hopefully he can turn that around more so than John Benamingu did. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with the hire. He's, he's no Stan Juan, but what can you do? I mean, when you say he's no Stan Juan, I say this. It's like, duh. <laughs> but like, and when you say penalties, I mean, what you mean? Like every kick ever for the whole season. On every NFL game I watch, there's a flag on every play. You mean that? Yeah, because obviously teams can't spat practice special teams, so guys just hold and block in the back all the time. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, man, pretty incredible. This this guy, I mean, you kind of said Cincinnati was good. I, I want to say they've been one of the top special teams units multiple years, uh, you know, if not the best. I think I, excuse me, I think I read up that he is the, they were the best. And this kid is 33 years old. I put here, he looks like the dude you see at the bar where you're not sure if you, you can be cool with him or if you hate him. Um, he, he's always out there. I mean, his pictures just look funny. He's got the crazy haircut. He's got the shades on. But, hey, man, the Lions really do need to find some of these coaches that are on the come up, that have new ideas, that are, are hungry. He may be one of those. I, I found out here, Griff, this guy has been with the Bengals, get this, since 2009. That would make him 22 years old at the time that he started coaching somewhat with the Bengals. Um, that That's crazy to me. So he's 11-year coach here in 2020, basically, or 10 years at least, and just barely 33 years old. That's crazy. What are we doing with our lives, Griff? Because that's the question. Um, he he was under this guy, Simmons, their uh, special teams coordinator, who, again, is is – regarded as the best special teams guy in the league. He's been under him for a while. Kind of was his time to go take a, uh, you know, stroll out on his own and do his thing. You know, my biggest issue, this guy has been a scout quality control coach, um, you know, offense, defensive coach. You know, he says he has to know both sides of the ball because, you know, of what he does on special teams. My biggest thing, and we'll get into it when we talk about the DC is like, I just think there's something to be said about calling plays, about being in the fire, about your track record, because you don't have to be a 12 year vet and like all these great accomplishments, but there's something about like actually making calls out of a headset and and not doing it for the first time in your life. And between our special teams coordinator and our new DC, Corey Unlin, I mean, these guys have never done it. And like, I, I assume Matt Pat's going to be calling plays on defense, but this kid on special teams, I feel like, yeah, there's not many plays to call, but it's your first time being the guy, your first time standing up in the meetings. Like, you know, sometimes that works out great with the McVeighs and some of these whiz kids of the world, but a lot of times it doesn't. So I'm not ever going to just vilify somebody because they don't have this history because you can go in and bring in a head coach that's been a head coach for years and they're just, terrible you know the leaks passed them by or they're just not good but everybody knows when you show up to your first day of work whatever job it may be you're a little out of sorts you really don't know you're trying to translate things from maybe another place that you've worked or you're trying to learn the people there's a lot going on so like I think with Brandon Combs uh, as well as uh, Corey Unling like that's got to be taken into consideration that there's going to be not only a learning curve but you know, these guys don't have a ton to draw off other than their positional coaching and, you know, what they got in their back pocket, which we don't know what that is yet. It hasn't really been time time tested. So, you know, speak to that for a second and we'll talk about the D.C. And this is where you some, agree. Some, well, no, I think sometimes you just got to give a guy a chance. And, I, you know, I, like I said, I read both sides both sides of it you know like i said people that are you know very down on like every hire the lines make and like ones that like okay give the guy a chance this guy's gonna be good he's done this and i i think this the um he just needs a chance really you know and uh people are like well 
what type of what type of coaches are going to hire on with a guy that's only going to be around one more year? It's just like, well, okay, well, you're giving you know Matt Patricia an awful lot of credit there. So they almost make it sound like he's scraping the bottom of the barrel. But I, I, no, I just uh, you know special teams. I think special teams is a big part of coaching, and because you got to deal with so many different players and. Everyone's like, well, you know, sometimes just like, you know, in college, like, oh, they have their superstars play special teams. Well, yeah, but I don't think you can really, I don't want to see, you know, carry on Johnson covering a punt. You know, I, I don't want to see that stuff. So you got to deal with so many guys and to be able to evaluate so much talent, you know, the guys that are going to be on the back end. So Matt Patricia, you know, those guys, Daryl Bevel, you know, Unland's like, yeah, this guy can step in and play your fourth safety or fourth cornerback or your fifth wide receiver. But I need him as a gunner. I need him as, you know, the punt returner, something like that. So to be able to evaluate that talent, you know, the guy's, the guy's been around well. I think he just needs a shot. This guy was highly sought after. Grifka, before we move on to the D.C., do you want to tell the people about the story you had to tell me every time I saw you when the Lions had Nick Fairley and he kept kind of having his issues? You he had to tell me about the time he ran down and got hurt on covering a punt and you just would never let it die? Yeah, is that like the dumbest thing in the world? Are you actually going to put Nick Fairley out there, your, your number one draft pick? Hey, Nick, you're going to go and cover punts and you bust your foot. Surprised the gravy didn't come pouring out with that lazy SOB. God, Nick Fairley. What a terrible draft pick. Knew that draft pick was horrible. That guy was lazy in college. Like, you're like, how do you like him? Like, well, he takes a lot of plays off. Oh, no, no. I'm like, no, he sucks. And guess what? Nick Fairley sucked. I can't believe after he, like, signed somewhere else, they're like, no, bring him back. Why? Why? Is, is he gonna is he gonna drive the is he gonna drive the cart onto the field you know the lion helmet like you know take the guys off with his bad broken foot because he was because uh, Jim Schwartz had him out there covering punts. Okay, we got it, Rifka, but uh, Nick Fairley, the I, gunner. Can you believe that? <laughs> People, I had to hear this every time we go to a game. Grifka would bring it up, just like the other things he beats into the ground. But my favorite part of that take, Grifka, was. The fact that here I'm about to give you half credit and beat you up on something. So I remember the night they drafted Nick Fairley. Nobody thought it was going to happen. He fell down the draft board. They took him. Of course, I'm excited. Why? Because I'm an optimistic Lions fan. I want the team to do well. And because in college, if you even go back and watch Nick Fairley's like, you know, cut up reel, he's a freaking wrecking ball. This guy was a 315 pound just demolish people blow people off the ball get after the quarterback athletic as hell tore it up in the the big games Grifco, which you always want to count as like eight games rather than just one or two um he had everything going for him and i'm like Grifco, this guy's a dancing bear he's in you don't find big guys that can run like this you're just like oh i don't know i don't like him right i don't like the pick you wanted the you wanted the gosh i remember you wanted the corner the guy that's been playing in uh chicago now he's over in the in New York Giants, the uh, Prince of Mukamara was your guy. So, again, I remember all of this, but here's the thing. So you said all that. I'm giving you credit that, like, yes, you you weren't as, you weren't high on the pick. So, of course, you beat it up for the next decade plus when he didn't do well. What we're going to do this year. He reminded me of Sean Rogers. Uh, I remember saying that to you. He just reminded me of Sean Rogers. Okay. Who had flashes and was good, just didn't didn't cut it. Nick Fairley had some medical issues when it all was said and done. But here's my point. So, so you, sometimes you you revert back to these picks that you were so grandiose on, and, and sometimes I I make fun of you, and sometimes I give you credit. 
this year, Grifka, we're getting your picks because I was just the other day, like looking back at the picks between me and Hughes, what we made live on the clock when all the chips are down, like, hey, we'll never be the GM, but if you could be the GM, it's very, very interesting because some of these takes you have of like, oh, he sucks, he won't be good after the fact. Like, it's a lot harder when, like, you have two minutes to decide who you would take for the team at that point. I was looking back at, like, 2014, 2015. It's not that easy. And, like, you, I even tipped my cap to the GM saying, like, some of these picks they make are pretty awesome because us as fans, I think we know X, Y, and Z. Like, when we really have to make it in real time and live with it for five, six, seven more years, whatever it is, uh, since that, you know, 2014-type draft I was looking at. Yeah, it's a little dicey, to say the least. So we're getting your picks this year, Griff, because you can't say in six years that you knew so-and-so wasn't good when when really that was just some random thought. But then I look at your pick, and it's some bum that played one year in the league and then bounced out. So it, we're, we're doing that this year. We're holding you to it because I, I'm, mm. I'm tired of the revisionist history. Oh, I knew Nick fairly sucked where everybody else thought he was going to be just a, a dominant beat. I told you he was lazy. He was lazy. There you go. No revisionist history on that. I remember that. I also told you Eric Ebron sucked too. Hey, was I right on that? Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, bring up your three or four you got right, and let's time the couple times you have made picks. You're no better than anybody else. You don't know what you're you're doing in the third, fourth rounds. So anyway, uh, you know, I will uh. We'll see what happens there. Let's get to the D.C. and then get up out of here. Corey Unling, uh, 48 years old, 20 years of, of coaching, basically all on the defense. 2004, he started at a really low level with the Patriots with Matt Patricia. Um, he's never been anything more really than a DB secondary coach, kind of an assistant defensive coach, whatever that means. Um, you know, will he call the plays? Does it even matter? Like, I don't think he will physically call the plays. I think those will come from – come from the head coach but i do think that he's got uh he's got some some smart some moxie some he's got a little something it's like that it factor i don't know what it is but again it worries me that he just hasn't done it but i like your point a minute ago about you know all of us think oh just go get wade phillips just go get the Gerard mayo go get these guys that are bigger names when really if you look at the nfl across the board I'd say probably, you know, 70% of the time they're picking and and bringing in people that is totally off our radar or guys that we think, you know, why would you ever pick that guy? And like 30 to 40% are guys, oh yeah, great, great uh, acquisition or great pickup, great draft pick. Um, I'm pretty sure these guys know not only more than us, but have lots of other intricacies they're considering than more so than we do. So that's why I always like lean to trust in Matt Pat, trust the coach. Why should we trust him? because they're professional head coaches and they do this for a living and this is all they do. And we sit here with a microphone or with a few stats and think we, we know better. So I wasn't surprised. That was a little bit of a guy off the radar. I kind of thought it would be, even though, you know, I was throwing out names here or there and sure enough, it was. So any, any thoughts on this guy or any thoughts on, Hey, like I said, maybe the name isn't the big splash, but maybe, maybe he's got, we take what it takes as well as, there's something to be said with knowing a guy and being able to work with him well versus an unknown, or maybe you bring somebody in with a track record, but you can't work with the guy, you know, that's not going to go well. So I'm all right with it. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah. Hit, hit the bell. Cause I'm okay with it as well. I think once again, Patricia, like we always kind of discussed, you know, the mother goose, you know, was he the one calling it as Matt Pat? 
Or like, well, it's MatPat, someone's calling it. So I think MatPat just wanted, he was looking for somebody that he'd be comfortable with, has the kind of the same mindset, you know, as he, as he does on, you know, what type of players are looking for, what types of schemes they would be looking for. I was reading something, um, was it yesterday? And Ryan they were saying, no, nah, I can't remember. I think maybe it was, maybe it was your boy, Justin Rogers, or something like that, or, you know, but um, they were asking, not like, DB. Better not What's have that? been the uh, sports sports writer Hall of Fame DB that we all know and love. Yeah, um, but uh, they, there was they were asking like Eagles insiders, you know, like people in the organization because Jim Schwartz's name was up, you know, for like possible head coaching candidates, and they they were asking, you know, who inside, you know, you know Eagles house would replace him, and Unlin's name kept coming up. That was that was the guy the Eagles had tabbed to be the defense coordinator replacement if Schwartz was to leave. That's what a lot of Eagles insiders were saying. So, and I thought the Eagles had a, you know, there was points they had pretty decent defense. They seemed to get, you know, you know, a lot of, they seemed to get passed on a lot this year. It seems like you could pass on them a lot more than you could run on them. But that's one of those things I think Matt Pat was just really looking for somebody, you know, that he was comfortable with, you know, go out, teach the guys, this is the scheme we want, this is what we're looking for, this is the same type, you know, this is the type of defensive back we're looking for, this type of linebacker, you know, so on and so on. So I think I'm fine with the hire. I know people are complaining about, oh, just hire another friend, just hire, you know, nepotism, hire another friend. That's what everybody does in the pros. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what, I mean, you always heard, you always hear those stories about the guys, you know, they're at, the coaches are at the, you know, at headquarters until like two, three in the morning. Then they're back there at seven. I mean, you don't want to like be working all those crazy hours with somebody you can't stand, but Hey, he's, he's a pretty good defensive coach. So no, you want to be there. You want to go know the guys you're comfortable with. So I'm okay with it. And if the defense sucks this year, then we all kind of know the, the whole thing will be swept away. The whole, you know, coaching staff to be swept away. Not, they're not going to be changing defense coordinators again. Yeah, man, we'll see how it works out. There's definitely some question marks, some mixed opinions, but uh, like I say, you just got to sort of believe in these guys, and and they're gonna go down with with these hires, as, as you just noted. And uh, but I don't see him going down. I I see kind of Matt Pat taking a bigger role. I see them having better talent, being healthier, and that's really what makes all the difference. Everybody can beat up these coaches, as you sort of just did. Well, you know, the Eagles got passed on a lot. Yeah. You know, how is their personnel doing? How was their health this year? Well, yeah, they were beat up a ton in the corners and, and at secondary. So, you know, they're playing guys that are subpar and therefore getting passed on. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to a lot. Like when the players say, hey, you know, it's up to us to go do it on the field. You know, it doesn't sometimes matter so much what's called or like what's drawn up in the dirt. You got to really go out and cover the guy in front of you and get the ball out. And when the ball hits you in the hands, make a, make a catch on defense, sack the quarterback. I think that you will see that. And yeah, there's going to be some schemes and stuff drawn up, but you know, to me, it's always a personnel type issue. And I'm curious to see what happens. I think it's either going to be a really great hire, but man, this is a great, you know, uh, DC under, under 50 years old that can work with Matt Pat and they can draw up some more aggressive D as well as, you know, turn this thing around or it's going to be kind of like you said, the, the backside where it's just like, this guy had no track record. He hadn't really done it. And here he just, they couldn't get up to speed or get him rolling in time and get intermixed. You know, it's hard to bring in new people. And now we've got, you know, multiple new defensive offensive line coach, lots of moving parts. So I'm curious to see how it all works out, but uh, 
glad to get him in here and be fun to kind of watch him at the senior bowl and, and see what they do uh, from that perspective as well. So Grifka, that's all we got. Uh, before I ask you the question of the day, uh, I just want to say, remind everybody, uh, we got a Wednesday show, and then we also dropped that Friday show. So nobody else that I know of is doing multiple Lions podcasts a week other than the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. So if you're loving what you're hearing, you're laughing, you're having some fun on Wednesdays, make sure you always check us out on Friday mornings. That show drops uh, before you head off to work or before you um, – you know, hit the hit the gym, whatever you do early in the morning, that thing will be ready for you uh, before 6 a.m. for sure. And uh, on Friday, we're going to just to promote a little bit. Uh, Grifka's got some questions for me. He's got a, a surprise. He will not tell me about off the air. So that'll be fun. And Grifka says there's some holes on this Lions team. I mean, Grifka. It's like, duh. It's like, duh. It's like, duh. <laughs> Grifka says he has some holes, but he's going to ask me, how do we fill them? Draft, free agency. He's going to go position by position. That should be some fun back and forth. So make sure to catch us on Friday for that show. And uh, hey, Grifka, you got anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Remember. Drink it in, man. And we'll be right back here on Friday for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.